Aaron Rodgers. What is going on with this man? He tore his Achilles back on the field in 79 days. What the heck is going on? I don't know. I'm a big conspiracy guy. I'm not going to get too deep into it, but. No, get deep into it. Get deep into it. Either he has the <laughs> greatest doctor of all time, or this man never tore it for real. Ooh. Yo, 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 welcome to RG3 and the ones presented by Way Sports and Entertainment. I'm your host, Robert Griffin III, and on this show, we are talking to the ones who are making a splash. And I'm not just talking about me jumping in the pool on Monday Night Football. I'm talking about the ones that are playmakers and game changers in their field. And on me, I'm just the one who predicted that, you know, Puka Nakua would go off this year and be lightning in a bottle for the LA Rams and he has proven me right every single week for us every week we're going to have new episodes drop on Thursday so make sure you subscribe to our YouTube page and be prepared to follow us on social media at RG3 and the ones so you can get those daily clips to be excited about the knowledge that we're going to be dropping on you every single week this show is called the ones and hopefully at the end of it you will find some information that helps you become the one in your own life so again Like and subscribe to our YouTube page and get ready because we got a special episode brewing for you guys. All right, coming up on this episode, I've got a very special co-host joining me to talk wide receivers versus DBs. We're talking about the San Francisco 49ers. And of course, we're going to talk about NFL officiating because it's getting out of hand, people. It's getting bad. So I'm bringing on the one who's got TikTok and YouTube on lock. I mean, the guy who can kick a football into next Thursday if he wanted to, the one and only Destroying. Welcome to the show, my brother. What's good, man? I appreciate you having me. It's it's a pleasure to be here, man. Pleasure. Listen, it's a blessing to have you on the show. Um, You know, really for me, the first thing that comes to mind for you is the fact that your life was changed forever because of some of the things that guys today get to enjoy. I'm talking about NIL, name, image, and likeness. And, you know, you had to make a decision whether you were going to continue your collegiate career or continue to be a YouTuber. Uh, Talk a little bit about that decision-making process for yourself. Man, so it happened way back then. It feels like it happened uh, a little bit ago, but it was, what, seven years ago about that? Yeah, 2017, yeah. August, 2017. August 1st, 2017 is the day I became ineligible. And um, it was an interesting process, bro. Obviously, I didn't think it was going to come down to that because the whole time, you know, well, to give you all backstory, I, I love content my whole life. I've been making content since I was 12. My dad subconsciously put the camera stuff in my head because he would go to all my soccer tournaments with the webcam. I mean, a camcorder and just recording stuff. So a webcam, eventually, camcorder. That's, that's nah, camcorder, camcorder cam, with the VHS tapes, <laughs> all that. Yeah. So eventually I was able to monetize my channel. And at the time I'm playing football at UCF, I was a kicker at the time. And um, I made a little bit of money, bro. Not a lot at all, you know. We ain't making that much bread. We broke college students. I made two bands like a month or two. And the NCAA reached out to me and said, hey, uh, if you are making money off your channel, because you are a college football athlete and because you are using your name, your image, and your likeness to make this money, uh, we're afraid it might be illegal. We got to do some investigating. And they broke down everything, bro. They went through my Instagram DMs, Instagram comments, YouTube comments, my whole back end on monetization, Oh, wow. Every single stone, they unturned it. And um, eventually, they ended up telling me that I got to pick between the two, which I was kind of lost because during this whole process, it was me 
our compliance as the middleman and then NCAA. So it's just a big right. game of telephone. And they was telling me, oh, we're going to figure it out for you. We're going to be good. You're going to be able to do both. You're going to be able to, you know, this and that. Right. But six weeks into the investigation, it came down to, you know, I, I can't play anymore. And I ended up picking YouTube and it was the best decision I ever made, man. Oh, I mean, for for certain, you were absolutely <laughs> killing it yeah. on the yeah. content creation side of things, man. I mean, what you got? Five point six million followers um, around that, got, something like that. Yeah, you know, it's growing, growing, right? It's growing, continuing and, to build, continuing to build. But yeah. I heard somewhere that you had like a meeting with like sixteen coaches or something like that. Was that true? Oh yeah, yeah. So. After the whole decision, well, not as after the whole decision was made, but as the NCAA was kind of snooping around at, okay. at UCF, my head coach called me into his office and he kind of sat me down right in front of his desk and all the rest of the coaching staff was all like kind of behind him. And he just basically grilled me. He's like, look, listen, we told you to stop doing all that content stuff. We told you to stop wow. trying to do the videos and this and that, which was false because they actually told me they enjoyed what I was doing. They liked it. It was a great way to capture memories and kind of relive things that are going on around right. the building. But basically, he grilled me, bro. And, and the whole coaching staff basically told me, hey, like, you're on your own now. We don't got oh, your wow. back. We can't support you. We can't help you because we all got jobs. We all got families to feed. We got food to put on the table. So, you know, you're kind of on your own now. You're a grown man. Handle your business. Man, no, it seemed like it was know. you it versus just, the world. Yeah, kind of felt like that, bro. I ain't going to lie. I, I cried. That was one of the days I cried. Uh, I felt like our coaching staff was amazing. I loved them to death. All of them were just players, coaches. They felt like just we had a bond, a connection. And then as soon as right. the NCAA came through, the big man came through on campus, then it was just here. You you got it. <laughs> wow. Now, I yeah. I feel a certain type of way about that because I always feel like coaches should always support their players uh even in a, a decision like that where it's like hey you might be you might be doing something that they're going to try yeah. to make you ineligible for you should still have your players back and not make them feel like they're out there fending for themselves but when you look yeah. at today uh with what everything that's going on with nil how, how many years did you actually miss it by like when they changed the rule and allowed them to make uh, money off their name image and like well they changed it about two years ago right yes yeah, 2020 2021 so I left 2017, so about four years, about four, yeah. Do you ever think about that? If it had changed at that point, would, do you think that Man. you would still, you would have continued your your, your playing career? Because you, you also played wide receiver, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, to be honest, I, I feel like everything happened for a reason, bro. It was perfect timing. It was yeah. right in a world where social media was starting to take off. It was right in a world where a lot of people weren't aware of YouTube channels. A lot of people weren't aware of monetization, weren't aware of being able to make money off the internet. And uh, I feel like if things didn't happen to me, then maybe the NCAA's eyes wouldn't have woken up and the nation's eyes wouldn't have woken up because of what was going on. Obviously, like we had cases of Johnny Manziel and and Reggie Bush and stuff. But with what happened with me, I feel like it was a little more culturally relevant to the times that were changing and what were happening. So I feel like I had to kind of bite the bullet for people to realize, you know, now this is this we might be onto something. This might be a snowball effect. Yeah, man, you were like a little pioneer of the of the whole thing, getting low it going. You know what I'm saying, yeah, key, a little, little key. martyr action there. Hey, you got to sacrifice your career to go do this. <laughs> it's but, the funniest uh, thing, bro. Some some of my friends was like, bro, you like the Rosa Parks of this, bro. You the first one, <laughs> the <Rosa> bro. Parks. <laughs> that's that, that's yeah. that's a, that's a big deal now. Rosa Parks did a lot for a lot for our people. No, I know. By no means am I saying I, I did anything close to what she's accomplished, but I mean. I kind of put it on people's radar that, hey, social media is coming up. People are going to be able to make money. 
and athletes are going to be able to use their platforms to monetize. So let's figure something out. Once you did make that decision, what moment did you know, like, all right, now I, I made the right decision? Because I know there had to be mm. a little bit of ah, when you initially made it. So when did that uh, yeah. moment come that you were like, yep, this was the right decision? Yeah, man. So it's leading up to it. I remember having a meeting with like a guidance counselor that was like helping me. She was cool as hell. I loved her okay. to death. And like I had a meeting with her and, and I kind of explained her everything that was going on. And she basically like hugged me and she said, look, listen. The moment you make that decision, you become an adult. Like, we're not holding your hand anymore. We're not helping you get to class. We're not helping you eat. We're not helping you do all this. Like, you're you're a grown man at that point. If you are ready to do that, then make that decision. I broke down crying again, but I cried so much them six weeks. <laughs> but I made my decision, and uh, they told me I had two, three days to pack my stuff up and get out the, uh, get out the dorm they were paying for. Oh, which wow. Which is cutthroat. It just threw the kid out. Ooh. And then I had a homie. I had my best friend that was living in Orlando, the same city as me at the time. And he lived in a one bedroom apartment with his girlfriend. So my dog helped me down, let me kick it on his couch. And I That's literally slept on right him his couch. That's a real one. I slept on his couch for like five months, bro. And this whole time, obviously, there's doubts in the back of my head. But we're grinding every day, waking up, filming, editing, record, like everything. Cranking out like three videos a day and just running it up. Uh seeing the checks increase, the payouts increase. And it didn't feel real. But then once we kind of had a little buffer, we're like, all right, bro, let's let's get an apartment where you could all comfortably, you know, stay in. So once once I finally got the apartment around five months in, then I was like, all right, we should be good now. We should be all right. Nah, man. And you made that decision, I think, uh, when you left uh, UCF, you had 94,000 mm -hmm. subscribers. And yeah. now we've, we talked that the fact that you're over 5 million, pushing 6 million now uh, on certain pages. Um, so not only did you make the right decision, but it was that dedication that you showed to continue to build and you're continuing to add different things to your portfolio, yes, right? I'm a motivational guy. I just, I see the glass half full, not half empty. So when I hear a story Likewise. like yours... I see, that's why we, you know what I'm saying? That's why we we vibe well together. You know what I mean? But when I hear yeah. a story like yours, I, I want to ask you the question for anyone out there that's struggling with a decision, a hard decision, like, mm -hmm. man, do I do I give myself fully to this or do I do I keep mm -hmm. trying to go in both directions? What would your message to them be? There's a couple of things you could do. One, talk to your friends, your family, your loved ones, and they could only help you so much because at the end of the day, you make the decision. You're going to be the one to have to deal with the consequences, whether it's good or bad Two, make a list. Write down all your options, write down all your pros, all your cons and really think about them and think about what side weighs the most to you, what side means the most to you. And three, feel your gut, bro. Feel in your gut, feel in your heart, feel in your mind, like whatever feels right for you, you're going to know. And it might not be the easiest thing. It might not be the hardest thing, but whatever you are feeling, it might be the right decision. That's kind of what I went with. So no, and, that's, you know, now that's I'm here. Awesome. So it worked for me. It, it might not work for everybody, but it worked for me. <laughs> it definitely worked for you. And I, I look at like all the yeah. different things that you're doing. You got partnerships with the NFL. Uh, you doing the seven on seven things. You got the one on one traveling around the, the country. I think you just mm -hmm. did one in Jacksonville. Uh, mm -hmm. Duval, right? Um, Duval, yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? We gotta do that. Both, both of us had the little little jump in the pool action. I did it on Monday yeah. night uh, countdown, Monday night football, and you did a backflip. Yeah. I wasn't doing the backflip. I saw you Why do that, and I was, like, out, I was like, maybe, maybe, 
No. You an athlete. No, no, I am an athlete. I am an athlete. You have to teach me how to flip, though. I can do a flip like I on a trampoline, you. but like on the ground, I I'm, got a, to. I'm, a, I'm a little taller guy. It's, I didn't it's grow all up in right Florida. here, bro. It's in mental, bro. You just got to throw oh, it, bro. Okay, you just got to throw it. It's in the mind. It's in the mind. You're probably struggling because you're a little scared that you're going to hurt yourself. Yeah. Once you get rid of that, go on like a soft floor, like right. something padded. Just try to throw them. Bro, you 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 and literally you flip. You flip everything. You'll kick a field goal, do a flip, punt, do a flip. But yeah, flip into the water. It's like my signature. It's like my little signature. <laughs> <laughs> so the most satisfying is when you do something cool as hell, right. and you throw one and you just land smoothly, like no little false step or nothing. It's the most satisfying thing ever. Well, when I you get, get one of those, I'm like, yeah, that's the clip. So you're saying it was more satisfying than jumping in the in the the hot water that everybody says is like little kids are peeing oh, in. Man. Oh man, oh man, we ain't gonna tell them. <laughs> so everybody was telling us that the Jacksonville Jaguars pool that a bunch of kids be peeing in and whatnot. Yep, yep. We had mixed yep. reviews. I had people tell me, bro, that's dope. That's an awesome pool. I'd love to be in it. And other people were like, bro, I can't believe you got in that game day. It's it's jumping in there. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I jumped in in a full suit. Right. And uh, I ended up leaving the suit in the hotel because as soon as I jumped in, everybody told me the same thing. Hey, bro, people be in there peeing. So you got pee all over your shirt. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just leave this one here. I'm not going to bring it back. We we had the moment. We had the experience. It was all good. The moment you've all been waiting for is finally here. All right. I'm about to give you some fashion advice. And this week's episode of RG3 and the Ones is sponsored by True Classic Tees. Let's be real, people. It's brick outside. So let's talk about these new lightweight puffer jackets. They are one word, scrumptulescent. As a guy who spends a ton of time outdoors, I love a jacket that is water resistant and keeps me warm without all of the weight. Throw on a little beanie and a scarf and you're all set, people. The best part is that True Classic sells premium products at an affordable price. You can get those best-selling t-shirts, hoodies, jeans, and more in three, six, and nine packs. Plus, they even have some exclusive special edition packs built for the holiday season. Get those deals, y'all, because Christmas is around the corner. But seriously, whatever you choose, you can't go wrong with True Classic. All their clothing is designed to be versatile and work with your lifestyle, so you can look and feel your best all damn day. In fact, True Classic is so committed to their products, they even have a 100% perfect fit guarantee and easy returns. And men, this is the perfect gift for you, but also the perfect gift for her. So if you're ready to upgrade your closet, shop now with my exclusive link at trueclassictees.com slash RG3 and save up to 25% off your first order. End the year with holiday cheer. Thanks to True Classic. Talk to me a little bit about this, the one-on-ones that you do with the wide receivers and the DBs traveling around the country. Just how did that come about? And it seems like you're having a blast with it. Oh, I, I love it, bro. It's it's like I said, it goes back to just being able to meet the fans and, and meet the supporters and seeing that the crowd comes out, you know, to show love. But it began a long time ago. Uh, I remember obviously coming up in sports, I always watched wide receiver DB one-on-ones, like watching the opening and all these guys compete. And I just noticed it was always the same thing over and over. Like, obviously, they were in a professional setting. They're around college coaches and things like that. So there was never much personality shown. Mm. 
And just showed the little guy's <laughs> name on the bottom receiver and the little guy's name here, DB. And they just yep. ran reps and then the next one. So just I'd run ones with my friends and we talk shit. So like that was like the people in the comments, we filmed a couple of videos like that, just playing like king of the field, whoever catches the most or plays the best defense wins okay. or whatever. And we seen all the comments and people were like, bro, you, this is dope, bro. Like I'm trying to be a part of this. I'm trying to do this. And, um, you know, I did a few of my friends time pass and eventually I did a seven on seven tournament. And I ended up meeting Coach OTB, which is like my co-host on here. Yep, yep, yep. And I just moved to Arizona at the time. I'm like, bro, I'm trying to do something for the kids. Maybe we could host a seven on seven and I give them a PS5 or something. He's like, nah, let's do one-on-ones. I train all these kids. I'm going to bring them all out when we go rent it. And we had it that day. I competed with them. And, man, the energy was amazing. It was lovely. We had the shit talk and we had talent. Right. We had his energy, my energy, just a mix of everything. And once we posted that video, everybody loved it. So we're like, okay, we got some. Let's set up an event for the community. Okay. Let's bring random people out. Okay. We did it for like $1,000 and we had some dogs come out. That video went crazy. So we just kind of kept repeating it, repeating it, kept tightening some things up. The crowd started getting bigger. The money prize started getting bigger. The talent started getting bigger. And now it's partnerships with the NFL. People were telling me every day to come to their city. It's, it's exploded, bro. No, it's it's been phenomenal. I've watched a bunch of the episodes, the energy that you talked about with you and your co-host. Hey, man. Yeah, that's real. That, and I can it. tell that's like a real brotherhood there. So it's really cool yeah. to see and see you guys continue to grow. But who are some I of the bigger it. names that you felt like you had a chance to collab with on some of these one on ones, wide receivers, DBs? <sighs> oh, we had Cam Newton come out to one. He was okay. he loves the concept. <laughs> like he gets in it, he goes to throwing, he gets excited with the crowd. We had Mike Vick come out, play oh, quarterback. Okay. We had Eli Manning come out. We've had Tyreek Hill come out. Uh, big play slay. We had a lot of people. Jamison Williams. We we had a lot of people. A lot of people, man. It's been insane. So I know you got to respect everyone that came out and they all did their best and did a great job. Who's your favorite guy to collab with? Oh, I love Cam's energy. Yeah. Cam just is just wholeheartedly himself. He's big, loud. Like he he's great on camera. He knows how to feed into like the shit talk. And I talk shit to him. He talks shit back. The crowd mm-hmm. will talk shit to him. He I think he brought the biggest personality. I'm not saying that's the guy I love the most. I mean, I, I love <laughs> I all you. them guys and I appreciate them. But Cam <laughs> brought the most energy for sure. For sure. Nah, Cam, Cam breaks energy. I had him on the show. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. uh, one of our that? first one of our first it was great. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Cam, the energy like between yourself, myself, and Cam would be palpable, right? Because we all have Boy, a little up? bit of a little different energy, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it meshes really, really well mm-hmm. together. So mm-hmm. I, I watched the episode with Cam. He was talking trash to everybody on the sidelines. He oh, he wasn't bro. just throwing. What? He was talking trash to the fans and the fans over here. Their mama he went, over there. He went viral because of that. Yeah, he went viral. <laughs> he was talking shit to one of the kids. He's like, bro, I got more money than you or some, something crazy like that. And it just went viral online. <laughs> I feel like Cam always always talking. <laughs> he is always talking, he but always here's talking. the thing. Yeah. Cam talks a lot, but he can back it up. And you, and you can too. Listen, I've watched you kick, bro. I don't know why you're not playing what's going on but with, with all these dang kickers missing field goals yeah and these quarterbacks is playing i think they had like mm-hmm. 75 quarterbacks play at this point oh man 
Me, you, me, you, and Cam could probably play in the league. They should no, be signing I'm, I'm us. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you, bro. I'm telling you, what's up, man? But I will say a lot of reasons to why I haven't played in the league. I'll take accountability. I'll say a lot is on me. I haven't tried as hard as I should. I haven't took the proper measurements and the proper steps, tangible steps to play. I make videos and I show my skill, but I don't properly get an agent or properly like you feel me try to talk to somebody and i always deep down felt like if i was to take this journey and play i have to sacrifice a little bit on the content side and i just was never ready for that it's been so good to me but i ain't gonna say i'm i'm never gonna be ready for it but i got some on the way i got See, some that, on the way that, that's what i was gonna ask you right because when i watched mm-hmm. you kick I, I had the opportunity to play with who i believe is the greatest kicker of all time and Justin Tucker there at the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, yeah. And when I watch you kick, yeah. I've seen you do kicking competitions with, uh, who was it, Marquette uh, King, who's obviously mm-hmm. the punter. Yeah. But you, you, do, you go around the country and you're kicking with all these different people. Do you think you could outkick Justin Tucker? I'm a confident guy. Okay. And I really badly want to say I can, but that's Jay Tuck, bro. I got to respect <laughs> him. He's the greatest kicker to ever live, bro. He's automatic. Um. He got a leg. I'd give him a run for his money, and I'd be he interested to see how it plays out. But I gotta, you gotta call a spade when it's a spade, man. He's him. So no, I say that's 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 respect, yeah. and I I love that. Like if somebody asked me, ARG, can you beat Tom Brady in a throwing competition? I'd be like, no, I'm a confident guy, right? I'm a <laughs> exactly, confident. <laughs> I'm a confident. But I'm a realist. Too. I'm a confident guy, but listen, that's yeah. the goat. That's the greatest of yeah. all time. I'm gonna give him his respect. And I'm going to still try to beat him. Like, if we do it, I'm going to do it. But I got to give him his, his respect. And, and I think that's, that's a little lost in today's generation. That's kind of what happened with mm-hmm. Cam uh, when he went viral with the, the, the young man who was talking trash yeah. to him. But when you look at just being a kicker, so you were a kicker and a wide receiver in college. No, I didn't play receiver, actually. You did I was just hella athletic. Oh. I was like top three athletes on a team, which is crazy. During summer workouts and everything, I always got top three athletes. But I just, I just kept kicking, and I so always put, get this question: Why don't you do anything else? Okay, I got you. So they just put know, wide just receiver. Specialize. They put wide receiver by your name just because you was crazy athletic. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so what I would ask is, as a kicker. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like kickers and punters are people too? Because I feel like y'all get disrespected mad, madly. Of course, we're different people, and you know, we're called upon at different times, and our job right. is very different from all of our peers on the field. But definitely, we people too, man. Uh, it takes a lot of skill. It takes a lot of repetition. It takes a lot of reps. It okay. takes a lot of mental toughness to be able to be a kicker. And I feel like there's only a few positions on the field that have that. I'd say a quarterback. He locked in. And he got to be able to. A minute left on a on a time. You feel me down by three, true. whatever it may be. Right. But nobody feels the same pressure a kicker does. You have one chance. If you make it, they love you. If you miss it, they hate you. So you you got to be very special to be a kicker. Now I say a punter, they got a little easier, but a kicker <laughs> is, is a lot tougher in my opinion. I don't I don't know if I've ever heard someone break down the dynamics of being a kicker. <laughs> As well as you just did right there. Now, we don't get access yeah. to – no one, like, was trying to interview kickers, mm-hmm. right? So uh, That's crazy, bro. It is, it is crazy. Justin Tucker, characters, man. Hey, Justin Tucker yeah. is hilarious, bro. Now, yeah. he's that hilarious that you like, all right, fam, calm down. But, he, nah. but, he's, but he's funny. <laughs> he is funny. Uh, uh, being in the locker room with him for three years was, was a blast. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Uh, we, we had our moments of, like, hey, chill. But he could sing. He's a funny, quirky personality. <laughs> But then it's like oh, no one cares about the kicker. 
until they have to make until it. Until you, and, and exactly. if you miss that thing, what it's you know what's the most annoying thing? And for all my football players watching this, please take this piece of advice. Us as kickers, when it's crunch time and the game is coming down to us, the last thing we want to hear come out your mouth, hey, bro, make this kick. Hey, bro, you better make this kick. Duh, what do you want me to do? You want me to go out there and be like, nah, I'm going to miss it. I'm good. Bro. Oh, my goodness. It's it just, it's like, of course, I know you expect me to do it and I expect myself to do it, but let me just be to myself. Let me get, let me be one with my thoughts. Let me focus up and let me make this kick for y'all. You don't Dang. need to tell me to make the kick. I know my job and I'm going to go Exactly. Do just give up, give you a pat on the shoulder, pat on the head. Hey, man, we, we believe in mm-hmm. you, whatever. You got but, this. Yeah. But it's, a, it's, just, a, it's you feel me thing. something like that. It's the same thing when like a punt returner goes out to catch a punt. If you mm-hmm. tell him, hey, bro, don't drop it, what are he we gonna doing? <laughs> you, he going to drop it. You putting it in his mind. Just let him uh-huh. go out there. If anything, tell him something mm-hmm. like, hey, fam, run this one back. All right. To the crib. Something. To the crib. Something me? to get him pumped up. But if you got him the worried about missing the kick or dropping the ball, that's never going to be okay. Like we said, we, have, we glass half full, guys. Give me some positivity. Hey, bro, you going to bang this kick or whatever it may be. Nah, hey, bro, you better go make that. <laughs> you better not throw out this punt. Come on, man. Come on, like man. that's not that's not good. So yeah. in, in all your experiences traveling around the country with these mm-hmm. wide receiver versus DBs, mm-hmm. if you had to say the best DB that you've seen on the circuit versus the best wide receiver you've seen on the circuit, who normally wins that matchup? Oh, it's tough, boy. It's tough. Because there's been a lot of talent. There's been a lot of dogs. And it's pretty even in regards to who wins the competitions. But I will say probably the receiver will win, in my opinion. Non-biased. But I feel like (laughs) one-on-ones are geared a little bit towards the receiver. And if you have a great quarterback, and a lot of times, like when we had Cam and different guys like that, the quarterback really made the play. Because he'd be strapped. And he'd put the ball like back shoulder or something. So. In order for you to make these completions, if you got a good quarterback, I think, I think wide receivers walking out with the W. Okay, so the reason I asked that question is, who do you think is the best receiver in the NFL, and then who do you think is the best DB in the NFL, and who Mm. comes out on top in that one-on-one matchup if they're doing it with destroying? Oh, see, it's it's a tough question to answer because a guy like Tyreek Hill. He's okay. fast. Whew. He's shifty. He runs yep. great routes. But then mm-hmm. you got a guy like Devontae Adams, which is like a route technician. <laughs> and like he gonna get open, he gonna cross you over like he hooping on you. you <laughs> so it, it kind of depends on the situation. Okay. I'd go with a Tyreek Hill because I feel like he I've seen that man cut and, and change directions of person. Insane. Yep. His speed, insane. As far as DBs, mm. DBs is hard, man. Taylor Ramsey made a crazy comeback. He did. He really off did. Injury. Shout out. Shout out to you. Got, no doubt. You got Deron Bland who just going crazy. He just <laughs> give me that. Mr. Give me that. Mr. Mr. Pick um, six himself. <laughs> I'd say for the sake of this, I'd go Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey versus Tyreek. <sighs> oh, damn. Boy, you put me on the spot. <laughs> I'd I'd say I'd say Tyreek. Tyreek. Okay. Comes okay. So Playing DB is one of the hardest positions, bro. Whoa, oh, my goodness. You oh, got to be so athletic. I played a little bit of DB in high school, but who didn't, okay, right? Okay. Who didn't, right? Okay. I, I, no, listen, I was like a Richard Sherman type. I was going to be in your face, jam <laughs> yeah, you at the line talking. of scrimmage, and then just run yeah. with you. I, mean, I was talking a little bit, but, bro, I okay. played off coverage one time. I was at like seven yards off playing cover three, 
and a, and this wide receiver from who knows where, probably Brownwood, Texas. You don't even know where that is. This man ran <laughs> man, a comeback, bro. He ran a comeback so sweet on me. I was like, I'm never playing off coverage again. Mm. I had no uh. idea where he was going. He dropped uh. his hips, gave me the little huh-huh, and then came back yeah. and went to the sideline. I was there. Like, I ain't fall or nothing. Like, mm. he didn't embarrass me. But I was just At like, least make you fall. I'm not in my comfort zone right now. Yeah. I'm not doing that no more. DB is the hardest position mm. to play outside of QB because you just you're guessing the entire time. Hundred percent. But, 100%. but I, I had and I let had you tar- get cooked. Oh my goodness! Let you get cooked. Everybody it's can see over. it. Everybody it's can over. see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. A wide receiver could get strapped, and it's all right. Cool. A DB gets cooked. He's made fault, bro. It's over. He's he on sports in the top ten. He you're on sports in the top ten, bro. Every time. I'll tell you, you a funny edit. story. Right, you know Gillian Wallow, right? Yes. Gillian Wallow. <laughs> yep. So Wallow, nah, Gilly, that boy a hell of an athlete. He old, but he a hell of an athlete. So okay. we was in Philly, and they brought me out to this random field, terrible grass, terrible everything. It wasn't even grass. It was like weeds. I'm in sneakers, and he's like, bro, what's up, young buck? Let's run the ones. Let's do it. Let's do it. So we run the ones, and, you know, I'm keeping <laughs> up with him. I'm jamming him. I'm getting in his head or whatever. And one time, boy, he got me, bro. He just hit me with a little sweet release, buzzed his feet, came in on me, and then stopped and put his hands on me and kind of sweat, bro. I, oh, I, no. I, I was in the air, bro. I fell and I was in the air, bro. Damn. I know. Damn. And I, I repost that video, but they got a hold of it on TikTok, <laughs> and it was on my head. So I know. As a DB, you get cooked. It's over. It's embarrassing. A wide receiver gets strapped. It's like, all right, next play. You and you're saying, say, you saying Gilly? Gilly was the one that, that cooked you? Oh my gosh, bro! Chill out, bro. No, 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 happens no, no. to the best of us. It does happen it to, happens the, to the best. You of know it, what? Bro. Talk, talk, talking about that. Yeah, bro. You talk about a wide receiver. You know, get locked down. Don't. It really don't go nowhere, yeah. right? They just say, "Oh, he got locked yeah. down." Whatever, whatever. Yeah. But you got ran over by Mark Ingram, fam. Like, so come in on, my defense, like, what's going on in, there? It, look, look, look. In my defense. It was pre-planned. My homie showed okay. me a video okay. 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 a long time ago. This guy was interviewing Jerome uh, the Bus Bettis. Okay. And he did something similar to where he's like, oh, I want to try to tackle you. And Jerome put a little hit on him. And, like, the guy just laid out on the floor like he was passed out dead. And I thought it was funny. <laughs> okay. And I had okay. to create okay. a piece of content uh, for uh, Fox Sports. Okay. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this with Mark. I got to get him riled up. I got to okay. get him turned up. And, uh. He just really hit me though. No, he really <laughs> I lightened up hit my you. body, but like he really We did one rep before that that I didn't put out and he kinda okay. like juked me. I was like, bro, come on, bro, what you doing, bro? Like I'm trying to hit you. You being scared, you running away from this smoke. So I had to get him poke the bear a little bit. Hey bro, you poked but the bear. I, I might have poked him a little too much. Ooh. Yeah. He <laughs> hit you for real. Like that much. was personal. I was yeah, like, no, bro, he did. He did. I was like, bro, I didn't that there's something I'm missing here because he hit you like he did. like for real, for I real. I can't I can't sit here and cap and say it didn't hurt because I felt it, <laughs> but it wasn't as bad as you thought because I did lighten my body. I did want to sell the, the joke, but I felt it a little bit. My neck was a little stiff for a few days, man. It was it was great content, though. I must admit, yeah. it was, uh, I'm all in favor it. of great content, but I was worried for you. <laughs> I was worried. I was like, no, bro, we good. Ooh, we he, good. He tried we to put good. it out there. No, Big no Big nothing. Trust. No concussions. No nothing. Mark was feeling it though. That boy spun the ball, kicked it, and everything afterwards. He didn't care. He nah, had no remorse. 
No remorse. Not at all. Not God, at all. man. Not at all. <laughs> you, a, you a G for not fighting him. Not going to lie. You probably no, don't want to fight man. Mark anyway, but. <laughs> Hell no. Nah. That's, not, that's not somebody you want to throw hands with. <laughs> <laughs> that boy country strong now. Nah, yeah, he nah. country strong. After I felt his strength, I was like, yeah, nah, he got that. Like I said, you're going around the country doing these one-on-ones with the DBs and the wide receivers, and there's there's just one there's one wide receiver this past week for the San Francisco mm-hmm. 49ers mm-hmm. that I was just like in awe of. And his name's Debo Samuel. Now, I said this on Monday Night Countdown. My guy showed up to the game in an all-black dominatrix outfit. That's I what it looked like I seen that, bro. I seen right? that. You seen it? He came <laughs> there. That. that man was ready for war. Boy, I'm like, what is boy. going on here? That and I told the guys on the set. I told the guys on the set. I said, bro, this man showed up in a dominatrix outfit, and he decided to spank that ass the entire game. I mean, he was killing the Eagles. Nah, he did. When you, he when, did. When you look at a guy like Debo as a fan, like, mm-hmm. how would you describe the way this man plays the game? Dog, bro. Straight dog. I don't think there's any better word to describe him. Like, it's hard to tackle that man. That boy is going to get open. He's going to make the tough catch. He's going to run you over. He's going to cross you out your shoes, and he's going to score. And then he's going to talk smack after, so. He's just a straight dog, bro. You, it's some guys that you could just look at and tell that they're like that. It's a few guys on that team that are like that, though. But Debo, for sure, stands out the most to me. Oh, they got some They got some dudes now. I mean, it's Debo. Then you got Trent Williams, the left mm-hmm. tackle. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to leave Brock Purdy out of there either. CMC. CMC, bro. Juice check. You got George Kittle. Oh, on my defense, goodness. you got Fred Warner. You got the safety. There you go. I, I forgot his name. Talanoa Hufunga. Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Oh, you got dogs. Yeah, I got you. you got I, dogs. Got you. I got you. Dog. You got, I got dogs. You. So you do this for a living, man. <laughs> I do it for a living. I know you talking about. He is a beast. <laughs> yeah. You got Drake Greenlaw over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chase Young, Nick Bosa. Oh, and they just they got, might. Ah, oh, that's crazy. They might be the most talented yeah. team roster in team. the entire NFL. They got a super, they team. a super team. I call them the Avengers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when they got Iron Man and the, the Incredible Hulk, not not the Incredible Hulk from the last Avengers movie. You know what I mean? The one yeah. from the first Avengers movie when he was actually the Incredible Hulk. Like if they get all these guys working together and healthy, they're, they're a really tough team to beat. Yeah, um, I, I there, agree. There is one play that that they had uh, is the screen. I don't know if mm-hmm. you saw the game, but the screen pass to Debo for the touchdown, uh, and Trent Williams. Blocked two dudes, and then their other offensive lineman came out and like threw one of the linebackers out the club. When you see those types <laughs> of physical plays yeah. on the football field, do you are you glad that you were a kicker? Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm happy. I'm not on that side of of the beating because <laughs> bro, them some big dudes, bro. Them are some big dudes. That's kickers. We're not used to the the you know just people coming at us and the physicality. But man, like I said, you got some dogs, bro. They are strong. Big, yeah. talented dudes. They specimens, bro. They aliens. They beasts. So I'm, I'm glad I'm not going through that for four quarters on the other side of the ball of them boys. No doubt. So, so I've, I've already talked about Brock Purdy on previous episodes about how mm-hmm. I, I, how I feel about him and him as a quarterback and his play and his decision making. When you look at him, what, what's your impression of him as a quarterback? Do you think he's uh, an elite player? A good player, a great player. What, what's your your judge of, of Brock Purdy? Obviously, I think he's great. He's made it to an elite level, and he's leading an elite team on an elite path right now. Um, he's not one of the quarterbacks that stands the most out to me, I will say. Okay. I will say there's a couple more guys around the league that may be a little more flashy, a little more 
got a little more tools in a bag. But like I said, he's doing what he has to do. He's servicing the guys. He's giving the receivers they touches. Uh, he's smart. His decision making is great. Um, as long as he stay healthy, keep making right decisions, then he's going to be all right, man. Yeah, and I, I think that's a fair comment. Like, no one would say – Hey, Brock yeah. Purdy is a more talented quarterback yeah. than Patrick Mahomes or, yeah. or Joe Burrow but when he was healthy yeah. or Josh Allen. They would I don't think they would say that. Yeah. But the thing that you said there that resonates with me is what I've said. He's an elite decision maker. Mm-hmm. He processes really well. He gets the ball to all his weapons, and I'm not going to punish him for having the Avengers oh, on his football team. Yeah. It is what it is, man. What, like, what, if, you what got, if a guy like Mahomes was was – Placed in that oh roster. What do you think? What do you think would happen? <laughs> <laughs> what? Bro, they just blew out the Eagles, man. If Mahomes is on that team, I mean, they, that, yeah. it's over. It's over. It's over. It's Don't over. Don't even play the I mean, season. That... Just give them the, just give them the chill. <laughs> Don't even play. <laughs> yeah, that's an impossible question. You're asking me to put the best player on the face of the planet on the best team, the best roster on the planet. Yeah, they, they'd win every game. Yeah, I mean, they'd yeah. knock everybody out. They'd be like Mike Tyson in his prime. <laughs> It's the holiday season, and I know you guys are loading up your wish list. But this week's episode of RG3 and the Ones is sponsored by Skylight Frames. Looking for a gift that your loved ones will actually use and enjoy is not an easy thing to do, especially if you get that one high-maintenance cousin. We all got one now. So you don't want to go to the basic gifts that everyone gets, like the socks, the candles, the slippers, and the ugly sweaters. You got to get it on point now. And that's exactly why I'm giving y'all the Skylight Frame. Skylight is a touchscreen photo frame you can send photos to straight from your phone and they appear in seconds. You can even preload photos before the box is opened. And this is the perfect gift for your loved ones that live far, far away. Grandma and grandpa might not be right across the street, but they can see your kids growing up too. Instead of looking back through a camera roll, you can display photos of the family in real time. And I mean in real time. So if you missed Monday Night Football when I jumped into the pool with a full suit on, you can throw that bad boy in the frame too. Splash. Remember, to get $15 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com slash RG3. That's skylightframe.com slash RG3. S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T. F-R-A-M-E dot com slash R-G-3. I think you've done some content with, with A.J. Brown, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny about that? Uh, where are you going with it? Ask the question, man. I just, I'm just asking you. You've done content with A.J. Brown, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, have. I have. Beast, number one wide receiver with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's like We just that, talked yeah. about Debo. Beast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number one wide out for the 49ers, even though they got two ones with Brandon mm-hmm. Ayuk and all due respect to Devontae Smith as well. He is a number yeah. one as well with the Eagles. Heisman Trophy yeah. brother, shout mm-hmm. out. Who, in your opinion, is a better wide receiver? Oh, A.J. Damn. Brown or Debo Samuel? Mm. But that's tough. It is tough. It is tough. I've seen A.J. Brown in person. I was laughing because we actually ran ones against each other. I saw um, those. I saw those. I've never those. seen Debo in person. I've never seen him move in person. So based off of my research, I'm going to say A.J. Brown. Okay. That's okay. a tough one because Debo is more of a gadget guy. Like, he could take the handoff. Like, he could be in the backfield. Uh, A.J. Brown doesn't do a lot of that. He's going to beat you deep for sure. Oh, yeah. And Debo might that. too. But I feel like Debo got a lot more tools in his tool bag. 
AJ Brown is just going to cook you on an island or wherever he's at. It's like comparing an apple and an orange, bro. It's tough. That's a very diplomatic answer, sir. And I and I and I can appreciate that. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll answer it for you. I think that between Debo and AJ, AJ is the better receiver, mm-hmm. pure receiver, right? Yeah. Route runner, um, line up on the outside. They can move him all around. He can do all the same things that that Debo can. I just think from a route running perspective, mm-hmm. he's a little little bit better there. Yeah, yeah. Debo is a number one wideout, but he's also a number one running back. And and that to me is what what makes him a special player. Yeah. Doing things that AJ Brown just isn't asked to do because mm-hmm. he can carry the ball for you 20 times if he if you need him to. Yeah. AJ yeah. Brown ain't doing that at running back. Yeah. But that's why you saw in this past game Debo only had, Debo only only had four <laughs> only. catches for 100 and, 116 yards and he oh, had a couple of carries for yeah only, only. You know what I'm saying? only mm-hmm. 160 yards. Yeah. And he had a couple <laughs> carries he had a couple carries for uh, for 30 yards and a touchdown, and that's where okay. he comes into play because now you yeah. can distribute the ball out to the other guys. So I, I think it's an interesting answer, but maybe we just yeah. got to get we got to get a one on one with me me at QB, Debo at wide receiver, and you playing DB. You know what I'm saying? And then oh, we switch it we up. Run you know, that. We can run that. We got to run that. We got to run that. We got to run that. I ain't gonna lie. The be... AJ Brown, the AJ Brown ones was fun. I had a good time. I don't know if he was taking it easy on me, but I feel like I had a great showing. Uh, I did my thing at receiver. I had a little one-hand catch on him, too. I made that boy fall once. It was crazy. Obviously, he doesn't play DB, so I'm expecting him to be a good DB. But at receiver, he was doing his thing. But I feel like because we didn't have Jalen Hurts for him, that's what he said. You feel me? Okay, he was like, okay. Jalen, I need you. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a good matchup, though. No, I, I, I'm actually go back and I'm going to watch the tape because do you think do you think he, like, Fell on purpose, or you think it was like legit? Nah, like nah, you he made didn't fall him on fall. purpose. Nah, he ain't fall on Ooh, purpose. Okay, I like, the confidence. Purpose. I like the confidence. It's, go watch it. You're going to see. He I'm ain't fall it. on purpose. I'm, I'm going to watch it. I'm, I'm going to watch it. I ain't going to lie to you. I watched the majority of that. Yeah. I didn't see, I didn't we see that. We started doing kicking and everything, but you know, you're going to see. It's it's What I think happened, though, is he probably came in there thinking it's sweet. Uh, this little YouTuber doing this and that. And okay. I turned up on him real quick, and he's like, oh, shit. This guy, he's an athlete, though. <laughs> oh, he uh, he is a crazy yeah. athlete. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. so we talk about the athletes. We talk about all this different stuff. But one thing that I wanted to get your opinion on is just the problem in the NFL right now with officiating. Mm. Mm. Just I, when you just go man. ahead. The floor is yours. The floor is yours. It hurts my feelings, especially the other night I was watching the Chiefs and the Packers game. And I'm sitting there watching, and I'm just mind blown by a lot of things because I'm a big conspiracy guy. I'm not gonna get too deep into it, but I, I seen them trying no, to keep the Chiefs in the game. Get deep into it. I seen them boys trying to keep the Chiefs in the game. That late hit oh. on Mahomes. Um, oh. I don't know. It's a couple things, but then they try to hit the makeup call and not call that PI on MVS. So I don't know. It's oh. like the refs mess up, and then they put their foot in their mouth. And there's always that one meme going around that whenever Mahomes wins, he like trades jerseys <laughs> with the ref. <laughs> so man. I don't know, man. The refs, I will say it's a tough job, though, man. And right. I can feel for them because a lot of the times at the one on ones, we do mess up the calls. We do get calls wrong. Right. We see things like in real time, they may look like something else. And it's hard to make that decision, man, especially with the whole nation watching. I got a few people watching my one on ones in person. They got a stadium and they're live and. You're under a lot of pressure. 
a whole mm-hmm. lot of pressure. And if you make the wrong decision, a whole half of the nation gonna hate you. So exactly. It's tough, so before I, before I give my opinion about the refs, what is this conspiracy? What do you What do you mean? You have a couple conspiracies. I just feel like they love Mahomes in the NFL, and I mean that's obvious to everybody. Mahomes is the NFL's favorite. You know, so I don't. I'm not saying things are skewed in his favor a little bit, but they love Mahomes, bro. The whole nation loves Mahomes. So, <laughs> so you, so do you think there's any credence that this, there's script writers out there and they're they're trying to stick uh, to the script? I don't know. I, I don't know. Even that whole NFL marketing thing was interesting. I mean, I don't know if they have a script. <laughs> they probably don't. And I don't. I can't imagine how you organize a whole 22 players to do something that you're, you know, so I don't think there's a script, but there's definitely a little favoritism towards Mahomes. Maybe it's the referees. Maybe it's some way above our heads that we don't know. So, yeah. You talk about that and like, here's all these new viewers and they got to watch this officiating and they don't know what's going on, but they can tell Mm -hmm. that that call, uh, the rough in the past against Patrick Mahomes um, Mm -hmm. was, was bogus. And as you said, it was a makeup call on the back end for not calling the pass interference on MBS. Mm -hmm. I feel like for me as a player, uh, I do feel like Mahomes and in his press conference, he said, you know, at the end of the game, you got to let guys play, blah, blah, blah. But really what it comes down to is accountability. And I think that's what the fan wants from the refs. They want accountability for when they make Mm -hmm. a bad call, that there's repercussions, there's consequences for that. I can tell you that there are, but I think if the NFL really wanted to get fans to understand those consequences, that they should put them out there. Now, I did have a conversation with one of the uh, one, of, one of our head refs and, and they basically said, like, they have a p- performance review and they're mm-hmm. not going to put the performance review out there for everybody to see because yeah. everyone at their normal jobs doesn't get their performance review put out there. And I kind of understand, kind of, kind of understand that. <laughs> not all the way, kind of. Yeah. And for me, it's I just think that every call, every call that is called should be reviewable. And when there's like just an egregious non-call, like the MVS pass interference, that should be buzzed in from New York from, exactly. to say, hey, hey, you gotta, guys, <laughs> come on. Watch. Let's take a look. Like, Let's take a look. What are we doing here? And I Let's think that's easy. I don't think every call should be reviewable because, listen, you could call holding on every play on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. You can call holding on every play on the DB, on defensive backs. Uh, that's not what we want. We don't want more flags. We just want the ones that are like so obvious that your grandma could have threw that flag. But those that were in- important game-changing calls at the bottom of the game, last two minutes. Like that makes the game go one way or another, or another way based on a call. So I definitely agree with you on that. Like why they got on them cameras? Why do they review certain calls? And why don't they review those? Exactly. It's, uh, it's like they mess up, and while trying to fix it, they mess up even more. So it's, yeah. it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. But back to that point that you were saying about the performance reviews. Yes. These referees have a job that the performance highly impacts an outcome for a team that, one, is being broadcasted to millions and millions and millions of people. And you're performing Correct. this job in front of the world. Yep. Why shouldn't your performance review be able to show be shown to the world? If I'm working at McDonald's, it's just a few people that's coming to the restaurant. They're they probably not even see me in the back cooking a burger. So I mean, I get my performance review be not being shown to everybody, but 
in that stake, I feel like it, it should be it should be out there, in my opinion. No, it's uh, that is a valid point. I did not look at it that way. I, I do think that the performance review should be out there. Mm-hmm. And now that you say that, it, it just sparks into my mind. Every player basically has their performance review put out there every exactly. single mm-hmm. week. Every mm-hmm. week, somebody's breaking down this play. He didn't throw it here. They don't even know what they're talking about, right? But he didn't throw it here. He didn't do this. He didn't do that. And they're getting grilled. You make mm-hmm. a mistake. You drop a pass. <laughs> MVS drops that pass at the end of the game uh, mm-hmm. a couple weeks back. They everyone's talking head. about it, yep. right? They on his head about it. And that can affect his bottom line. I don't, I'm not saying I want to affect the ref's bottom lines. What I want for them is it to be a full-time job, first mm-hmm. and foremost, so that they don't yeah. have to have another job. Yeah. And for them to... Their their performance has to be graded, and it can't just be well. They're not going to get to do the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, no, there's a lot no, of games no. before we get to the Super Bowl, man. <laughs> and and these yeah. guys are affecting these games. We got to do a better job of helping them do their job better, but also helping the fan understand exactly what their job is and how they're being yeah. judged. I think there's clarity is always the best policy, in my opinion. I think, like you said too, that accountability is super important because if the NFL just came out and said, "Hey, there were a few calls made at the end of this game that we missed out on. That's our bad." At least that, our apologies, but <laughs> never that, bro. They'll go ahead and find players. They'll blast their whole performance, but they will never say, hey, as referees, we messed up. We're human, our fault. Like, that, just that alone will go such a far away, bro. No, I Obviously, agree. not everybody going to take it how they're supposed to, but it, it'll go a long way, in my opinion. And, and that's the thing. They, they're, it's going to be tough for them to acknowledge it because there's so much betting that's going on, and, and it's a very profitable yeah. league. They're not trying to get sued. <laughs> they don't want to admit, quote-unquote, admit something that could get them in trouble in some yeah. type of way. There's a lot of red tape to cut through there, but I, I do think that the first thing they got to do is – make calls reviewable yeah. and then the egregious ones make those reviewable and, uh, and make it a full-time job. I think, I think that'll help a yeah. lot go a long way with the fans. You've been, but, uh, you've been on the field. Just last question about the whole ref thing. You've no, been no, on no, the field ahead, during, during games and you know, obviously mm-hmm. you've been in this environment. What do you think goes on in them ref huddles? Like at times where they oh, call a crazy flag or they miss a call and they all get together. What do you think they saying? <laughs> I, if I'm being honest, I really think it's it's like they standing on business. Yeah, it's like you know what I'm saying. You, you uh, that's what, that's what okay. I think. We're going with it. I think uh, we 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 rocking with you. Yeah, you, you called. I don't think it's damn, bro. Why'd you call that? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Imagine. I, I, I think they just looking at each other like you threw the flag. We got your back. Yeah. We sticking together. Yeah. It's a brotherhood. Yeah. We gonna run off the field together. If they throw Gatorade mm-hmm. and beer at us, it is what it is. Because it's such a high, it's a high pressure environment, right? Yeah. And most people don't even know who these refs are, where they can find mm-hmm. them, any of that stuff. They know where they can find the players. Yeah. We can't hide. <laughs> these refs, they're, they're not going to – I don't think that they would go against it or go against their brother. And I, and I do respect that. But like we said, it can certainly be improved. Mm-hmm. Everything that they're doing on that side of the officiating can certainly be improved. I agree. You know, I agree. what uh, something that has been crazily improving is Aaron Rodgers. What is going on with this man? He tore his Achilles back on the field in 79 days. What the heck is going on? It goes back to me being a conspiracy theorist, man. Either he has the <laughs> greatest doctor of all time or this man never tore it for real. Maybe it was a, a smaller injury or maybe it was like partially or something. Because okay. how is he defying science? Like, I read something the other day that was valid. It did say, hey, you know, 
for example, DB tears his ACL, his position requires a lot more from his, my bad, his Achilles. It requires a lot more from his Achilles, a lot more pressure on that. As a quarterback, you just have to stay in the pocket. You may drop back in this and that, but still it just don't make sense, bruh. I've seen this man's thing pop on national TV. And has there been anyone ever in the history of sports that has come back from a torn Achilles and played the same season? Same season, yes. I believe Terrell mm. Suggs did uh, many, many years ago. But mm. he tore it at the beginning and came back near the end. Um, mm. But no one has come back as fast as Aaron has, as far as, like, getting on the practice field. Yeah. Like, yeah. that was what was weird to me. This dude was throwing on the in pregame. And doing three-step drops. And I'm like, bro, what is yeah. going on here? This is He's crazy stuff. He's different. He different. I mean, he, he got to be studied, you, bro. Because he has a lot I of ain't... different methods as well. He does the whole, you know, darkness retreats, the ayahuasca. Ayahuasca. That boy said he put dolphin noises <laughs> on his body to make it feel better. Like, he's different for sure. And, I mean, I guess the methods work. It's a method to the madness. So, he just oh need to be studied, gosh. bro. He need to be studied. Oh my God, bro! This man said he got dolphin noises. <laughs> nah, the the ayahuasca is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. I, I had George Poyer on the Bill Safety, and he was telling me all about it. And I'm like, bro, that's wild. Yeah. I, I I encourage you to go look up the side effects of ayahuasca, and then you'll uh-huh. never want to do ayahuasca. Yeah, no, I don't want to do it right it. now. So I'm, I, <laughs> nah. I don't want to go on the darkness retreat. I'm nah. good. A guy for the Jets that is coming out of the darkness. Is Zach Wilson, mm. right? So they bench him. They blame him for everything. Oh, he's terrible. He's not doing this. He's not doing that. Oh, my goodness. Then they put in two other quarterbacks this past week, and those guys played like absolute doo-doo. Mm-hmm. I'm talking <laughs> Tim Boyle, Trevor Simeon. Now they come back to Zach like, hey, bro, we need, like, hey, bro, we we need, need you to go play. We need, we need you, fam. <laughs> Have you ever had like a shoddy or, or somebody treat you like that? You know what I mean? Like they, oh, they, they cast you to of the course. side and then they come back like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know what I had. Of course. There's so many girls from either high school or college that kind of ain't want to give me time of day and they seen everything jumping off for me. They're like, hey, how you been? It's been so long. Wow. You're doing so good now. You look good. Wow. I hit him with the Mike Jones. Back then, they didn't want me. Now I'm hot. They all on me. <laughs> so, nah, bruh. It's, I don't know. If you didn't have love for me back then, then why you, you feel me? Why are you trying to come to me now? Like, it's not genuine. It's not real. And I mean, for a person like Zach Wilson, like, obviously, it's a whole different situation. Uh, you're, you have a job to do. Um, and obviously, as a coach, he probably was trying to find the best option. As a team, you know, it's easy to blame one guy, you know. It's hard to take accountability. It's easy to blame. So, you know, once they saw the proof was in the pudding and all these other guys came in and they wasn't doing anything, then like, oh, maybe it wasn't you. So, I mean, I'd use that as a chip on my shoulder if I was Zach Wilson. I'd get in there and do my thing and show these boys, like, I'm trying as hard as I can and hopefully we get better results. But, I mean, what can you do, bro? You're you the next man to step up. Step up and get paid. You feel me? No, nah, if, if, he, if he has an opportunity to go back out and play, I think he should certainly go play. And, I, no, and I do. I agree with Aaron with what he said today about if someone's putting out stories through sources to try to tear down Zach once again and say that he doesn't want to play for the team anymore. Like, I think that's wrong. Like, mm-hmm. they casted him to the side. Don't be a, a behind-the-scenes type of person who's, like, trying to funnel stories to someone to hurt a guy. When mm-hmm. he's already been hurt enough. There's no need for that to happen. I do think it's Bush League. I don't think it's fair to Zach. I don't think it's fair to the Jets organization. And winning teams don't do that. 
So yeah. uh, I hope he gets a chance to get back out there and he and he, and he balls out because you know it's it's been a tough it's been a tough road for him so far. Man, just a tough road for the Jets, bro. I was so excited to watch them this year, especially after watching Hard Knocks. Like I'm I'm nerding out right on time as soon as they drop every Tuesday. I was watching every episode, excited for the Jets, <laughs> excited to see Aaron Rodgers on a new team. He brought us guys, you know. And then, I don't know, just disappointment that game. Yeah, It was tough man. to watch, man. I couldn't believe it when it happened. I couldn't believe it at all. I was like, nah, he going to be back. He coming. He coming back. But then, yeah, he, he never came back. <laughs> he never came back. I was there. Never I was on the field. Back. You could, you could oh, literally man. hear the air be sucked out of the stadium oh, as soon as this man hit the ground. It was it was heartbreaking. Not going to lie. It was heartbreaking. I, I felt bad for Jess fans. They've been through a yeah. lot. And that was, that was a huge, huge letdown. But... <sighs> Speaking of letdowns, got to ask you this question about the college football playoff and Florida State mm. not getting in. Mm. What's your feelings about Alabama tough, getting bro. in over them? It's tough because I see the argument on both sides. Now I'm a little more biased because uh, I started watching football when I was 15 and Florida State at the time was going crazy. So I kind of had an attachment to them. I grew up in Florida, Florida State fan. So the fact that they went 13-0, they won every single game, they won their conference championship, and they still didn't get taken seriously. It like it makes you question as a player, as that organization, as that team. Like, did our season even matter? We did all that. We won every game. Did it even matter? Like, why y'all can't take it seriously? Just obviously, our quarterback got hurt, and you know, speed of recovery to him. But at the end of the day, we got here and we did what we had to do. Like that don't change anything. But then on the other side of it, I do see the Bama argument. Bama took down the number one team. Bama seems like they'd be better competition in there. Um, they probably don't want a repeat of what happened in last year's national championship, that blowout. So I get it. But then, again, it don't make sense for Florida State. Like, the season wasn't – it didn't mean anything to anybody. Yeah, it's, it just feels like everyone talked about how it's about the money, right? Oh, and yeah. Bama, oh, yeah. Nick Saban – Oh, you know, yeah. you're talking about Texas and Coach Sarkeesian, like two Michigan, huge brands, man. Michigan, yeah. right? They got the yeah. biggest alumni base in the country. And then Washington, mm-hmm. they just can't take it away from them because yeah. they have Michael <laughs> Penix Jr. and they beat Oregon twice, right? So yeah. to me, I just think that college football is not supposed to be about the money. It's supposed to be about the product on the field and you're mm-hmm. supposed to earn it on the field. And I feel like Florida State earned it, regardless of whether or not they had Jordan Travis or not. I feel like they earned it. And... Alabama getting in just didn't sit right with me. And it's not, it's not anything against Alabama. They lost a game. Mm-hmm. And because yeah. of that, they shouldn't have been in. But, I agree. I agree. If you haven't noticed, my brother, college sports, they've changed a lot in the last few years. So money's a big topic. Yeah. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all. Money is a huge, huge topic. When you talk about just YouTube content creators, mm-hmm. who, who would you say are Ooh. your top five? Number one. Destroying. <laughs> there you go. Listen. Gotta show myself some love. You feel no me? doubt. Um, I'd say Mr. Beast, bro. He's oh my god. Speaks for itself. I don't even got to no, explain 100%. that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number three. Well, I love watching this content, and I usually, if I don't have nothing to do or don't know what to put on, I cut on some Danny Duncan. Danny Duncan. Okay. And that's the homie too. So I got to show him love. Um, I'd say Eric. He's going crazy with his content. I've known him since he had like. 10,000 subscribers maybe and Apple is at 18 million now and I've seen his whole journey and I've seen how bad he's wanted it and he it's just mind-blowing the amounts of things he does and what 
the lengths he's going to go for content. And number five, I'd have to say Ryan Trahan because I've seen his evolution as well because he went through – he kind of went through something similar as me. He ran track at Texas A&M, and he started popping too, and then he kind of had to give up the whole uh, scholarship thing for YouTube. So I've known him for years, and I've seen his journey as well. He had a moment where he blew up, then kind of fell off a little bit, but then something just switched in his head, and he just started going crazy. And that was content. (laughs) so unique. It's so refreshing. It's so different, and it shows his personality very well, and the ideas are just great. So I'd say them them five. No, that's awesome. And you bring up these guys. The last question I have for you before I let you bounce is, Mm -hmm. if there was one person Mm -hmm. that you could link up with, create content with in any field, could be sports, mm. could be the mm. gaming, could be the YouTube community, could be an actor, actress. Who would that yeah. person be for you? Oh, I say LeBron. LeBron. Ooh, okay. LeBron James, man. I don't know. Okay, I give me, give, give me the pitch. Give me the pitch. Give me the pitch right now wanna, to LeBron James. He just seemed like a cool dude. He seemed like the homie, you know. He always laughing. He always joking. But at the same time, you got that respect for him, respect for his game. He's a very athletic, talented human. I want to know how the hell his body is is in peak shape 20-something years into the game. And also just business-wise, too, because he's an amazing businessman. He's done a lot of great things in the community. He's built a lot of great businesses and platforms, the uninterrupted, the, the school, like everything, the shoes, just, I feel like he rounds everything out, and I'm sure he's got a lot of wisdom. He has kids, and I'm sure while raising kids, you got to teach him life in the world, and he's been through a lot. So I feel like I could probably get the most out of LeBron. Sports, business, life, just homie vibes, just everything. There you have it right there. LeBron James, we need you to come and shoot you, some man. content with destroying. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll second that, D, like, LeBron, he's done amazing things. Yeah. Uh, being in the spotlight for so long, the longevity mm-hmm. of his career, all the different mm-hmm. things that he does business-wise, he is certainly a guy. Uh, I still consider you my generation. You're 27, I'm yeah. 33. Yeah. LeBron is a guy that we look at and we say, wow, I want to do yeah. those things. So mm-hmm. I hope you get the opportunity to, to do some content so. with him. Hopefully, hope so. and we'll, we'll pump this out and we'll, we'll tag yeah. him and everything. LeBron, <laughs> I know Bronny. On, I know Bronny. So hopefully Bronny okay. can put the link up. But, you know, we'll hey, see. And we'll he, see. About to, he about to get back out there. He, he about, about to get to back out thing. there and play. I know. So. I know. Happy for him. Happy that he's healthy, man. Yes, sir. So yes, sir. just want to say thank you for coming on the show, brother. Um, you know, this is just a great, easy flowing, nice conversation. Easy, we certainly got to do this again. I'm fascinated yeah. by your story. I'm fascinated by thank how you. your life was changed by NIL in a, in a different way than some of these guys are experiencing today. And you've got an amazing story to tell. And I know that there's way more layers to you and you mm. have a super bright future in this space of sports and entertainment. And I'm uh, excited to kind of join Man. that journey with you, my brother. That means a lot, bro. Thank you to you. Obviously you've had an amazing career football wise, but off the field, you've built something amazing. You are killing it. You always keep me entertained when I see you on the TV, man. And it's just been an honor to be here and, and chop it up with you. Definitely got to do this more often, man. No doubt about it. Appreciate you, brother. All right, people. That's a wrap for episode 12 of RG3 and the Ones. We want to give a huge shout out to Destroying for joining the show, dropping knowledge, and having a great conversation with us. Make sure you guys subscribe to our YouTube page, like and subscribe to our YouTube page. And remember that we have episodes dropping every single Thursday and you can listen wherever you get your podcast. I want to say a special shout out 
to Wave Sports and Entertainment in partnership with Whispering Oaks Productions. We would not be able to do this without you guys, and especially my producers. That obviously, you know, I could drive them a little bit crazy sometimes, but they do a nice job of helping me build this show and give you guys the best product we can possibly give you. So once again, follow us on social media at RG3 and the Ones. Like and subscribe at our YouTube page and be prepared for those episodes to drop every single Thursday. Remember that you are the one in your own life and there's people that are leaning on you and relying on you to be the best that you can possibly be every single day. So make sure you take care of your mental health and we'll see you guys next time. Peace out.